Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Kylie Thompson, host of Food for Thought. Thanks for listening to the following podcast on Public House Media. Strike three, you're out. Welcome back to Caught Listening, the baseball show that goes beyond the foul lines. Christian Eimler here with you, broadcasting every week as we do as part of the Public House Media Network. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, share us with your friends and family. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Caught Listening by Public House Media or email the show, PHM at gmail.com. We've had some fun the last couple of weeks talking about the possibility of Major League Baseball expansion and and where that could possibly see us in the next couple of years. And now we're going to transition. It's a little bit strange. We're going to transition into the rules of Major League Baseball. And yes, at some point, don't worry, we are going to get into those testy, unwritten rules of Major League Baseball and uh, give you guys a little bit of a history as to how some of these have come about and how ridiculous most of them are and which ones actually make sense. But uh, today we want to focus in on on some fun because as crazy and as weird as this season is um, for uh, you know, St. Louis Cardinals team that I think has finally played eight games. I have no idea how many games they've actually played uh, finally this year, but there's, it's just so strange with so many different things and rules changes and whatnot. How crazy could we realistically get? Well, one gentleman has taken on the brave task of finding out how crazy we could get in baseball. He's Ryan Fagan of the Sporting News, uh, who had an article earlier this month, three new slow-pitch softball-esque rules Major League Baseball should adopt for the bizarro 2020 season. Ryan, I have to ask you first and foremost, well, first and foremost, thank you for being on the show, but secondly, um, what kind of courage did it take to actually write this column? <laughs> well, you know, it started out with a couple of conversations, um, one of them with my uncle, and we just were talking about baseball and got to talking about the magically starting a runner on second base, and he he looked at me, he goes, that's crazy, right? And I was like, yeah, that's that's crazy. He's like, so if they're going to be crazy, what else are they going to do? You know, what else could they do? And so that kind of sparked the conversation. I was like, yeah, if we're going to throw – all the rules out, which, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I'm all for trying things in a season that doesn't really uh, – I don't want to say it doesn't count because rings, you know, last forever, flags fly forever. Um, so whoever wins the World Series is still going to win the World Series. But, you know, I mean, it, it's different, you know. And, and if baseball wants to try different things, you know, I guess that's okay. I'm fine with the DH staying in the National League. I really hope the runner on second rule does not stay. But, you know, the idea was if, if we're going to make up these random rules anyway, why not have a lot of fun with it and just kind of go on? So that's where it started, and we talked about it for a little while, and I called a buddy of mine who I've watched baseball with since we were little kids, and we started talking about it. And so, you know, I just thought let's let's have a little fun with this. And it's fun to look at because, again, you know, baseball at, at – at some point, we are all kids, and we all make up our own rules. I mean, ghost runners, you know, when you're playing stickball or whatever it is, you know, we, we never have those anymore. You, you don't just say, yeah, the guy magically has gone to second base even though he's not actually there. Um, so it, it's definitely interesting and entertaining to look at. Before we get into the rules that you bring up, 
I mean, the, the first thing I thought of when I saw the headline, by the way, was because I've actually had this conversation with people to speed up a baseball game because that's what, what everybody claims this is about is speeding up baseball. Just start with a one-one right. count, like you do, in, like you do in a lot of these co-ed softball leagues. Yeah, I mean that would that would do it. That would get things moving. Um, unfortunately, it might create a little more more walks, and people don't want to see walks; they want to see home runs and and all these different things. But yeah, I mean th- there are a lot of things. I mean, and this is you know I'm a guy who's played a lot of softball in the last you know since my baseball career ended at the end of high school. So um, I've played a lot of those leagues, and I've I've had a lot of fun with them. But you know, I mean it. it you kind of accept it because you know what you are as a, a beer league, slow pitch softball guy. Um, it, it feels weird to have some of these things um, in the sport that, that we grew up watching and, and kind of with, with reverential awe because of the tradition and history and all of these things. And to see it kind of get, to get mixed up like it has this year has been, has been kind of strange. It definitely has been weird. So let's get into um you know, this, this runner on second base, because, you know, for people who maybe don't understand or don't, you know, this has been kind of progressing actually towards major league baseball for some years now, independent league teams have, have used it. Um, it, it was in the Can-Am and the frontier league a few years back. It's in the Atlantic league. Um, I know some affiliated teams were using it, uh, and leagues were using it, um, a couple of years ago, but it's the, it's the international softball rule essentially is that runners start at second base. Your first thought when you saw it and having seen it actually happen a couple of times this season, your thoughts actually watching it unfold on television. Well, I mean, look, it, it does create a level of excitement, you know, and it does end the game sooner. Uh, at least theoretically, uh, the, those two things it accomplishes. But, you know, I mean, there are lots of ways that that could be accomplished, you know, because it's still not baseball. One of the right. the most founding truths of baseball is you have to earn your way on. You know, you either draw a walk, you get a hit, you you get lucky because the other team throws the ball away, and you create runs. I mean, these things don't just happen and you know, so for baseball to, I mean, essentially arbitrarily put somebody on, on second base, I mean, that, that to me, that, that says all rules are off for this year, all connection to tradition, all of these things, it's, it's done, you know, and so everything becomes, um, becomes part of the equation too, because, I mean, if you think about it, it, it's not any less crazy to say that, um, instead of putting a runner on second, you know, you put temporary fencing up at 300 feet from home plate all around the outfield, starting in the ninth inning and anything that's hit farther than 300 feet, 200 feet, 250 feet, that's suddenly a home run. You know I mean? It's, it's the same thing. It's, it's yeah. taking this essential truth of baseball, throwing it out the window and bringing in something else that is designed to get the the game over sooner it's still going to create excitement and it's going to do that so you know i've seen a lot of people around a lot of people say you know what i'm coming around i like the idea it makes it more fun it does make it more fun it's not baseball you know and i feel like i'm you know yelling at a cloud in the sky shaking my fist as i say that but you know i mean (laughs) but but, you know i mean it is what it is yeah and it's interesting too because you know, I've I've worked in those independent leagues where it has been around for a few years now. And when it first got right. put into play, the manager that was on the team that I worked for, he was a big small ball guy. 
and that was my first thought was this is going to benefit those small ball teams. You're going to bunt the guy over to third and then a sack fly wins the game, whatever it could be. And realistically, that's not today's baseball. That's not how it works. And so that mindset of small ball doesn't even come into play with a rule that is almost designed to try to bring back the era of small ball, bunting, stealing bases and advancing first to third, that kind of stuff. It is crazy. You know, I mean, I think we've seen a little bit of a difference, and I really do believe that the teams are still figuring out exactly what to do. You know, you're not seeing – you're seeing very, very few bunts anyway. But you're especially seeing very few bunts for the team that is batting in the top of the, the inning um, right. because you're not playing for one run. If you're mm-hmm. playing for one run, I mean, you almost feel like you're playing to lose. Um, it's different if you're the team in the bottom half. And I can't even say the home team and visiting team because we've had situations this year where – teams are the home team in a ballpark that's not theirs because of the way that, that the schedule has had to be adjusted because of, of the COVID postponement. So, uh, but, you know, you'll see that a little bit more if, if the team doesn't score in the top of the inning and then the team, well, you know, if we, if we know that one run's going to win, then we might go ahead and bunt. But it, it is surprising because you still, you know, you're still increasing the chances of scoring by a guy being at third base, right? I think part of the problem too is because that's not the way baseball is played, the small ball anymore. I mean, how many guys in your lineup do you trust are going to put down a great sacrifice right. bunt yeah. that is going to accomplish the goal of getting the guy to third base? I, I really feel that that has as much to do with it as anything um, that, that these managers, and, you know, let's be honest, not just the managers, but the general managers and all the people that go into the strategy, you know, because it's not just a managerial decision, but all these people, and that's part of the equation that they're trying to figure out. 100%. We're talking with Ryan Fagan of the Sporting News here uh, discussing the crazy rules that baseball has for 2020 and how they could get even weirder. You can check out his column on SportingNews.com. Uh, three new slow-pitch softball rules MLB should adopt for Bizarro 2020 season. Let's start because you do bring up the, the 11th inning and new rules uh, for that. So yeah. instead of starting with a runner on second... Why not get even crazier? And and I'll I'll bring something up to you after. I, I want to hear where how crazy you think it could get because I saw something in a youth tournament that I this past summer that I have never seen, never even envisioned, and it just it I I kind of love it as soon as I saw it uh, when it happened. But your how crazy could we realistically get with some of these extra inning rules? I mean, like I said, once once you put once you magically put a guy on second base, anything's possible, right? So you have to. So I tried to think about things in a different way. So, you know, let's say, yeah, as I put in the article, if you're going to put a guy at second base for the 10th and 11th inning, let's start the 12th inning, you know, and I think there have only been, at the time I wrote this, there had only been one game last longer than 12 innings, uh, longer than 11 innings. I think there have been a couple of cents. Um, but let's start the 12th inning with a guy on third base. You know, let's put him on third base to start the inning. If the goal is really to get it done with, you know, because then – you bring the squeeze bunt in, you know, and that would be interesting to see how would, how would teams approach that offensively, defensively. It's a different strategy. You know, again, not real baseball, but it's a different strategy. You want to make it exciting. So you could do that. And like, you know, you mentioned earlier, start the count in the 12th inning at 1-1, you know, just do these different things. And I think that um, those are all interesting, but I, I'll be honest, I'm fascinated to, see, to hear what you're talking about in this little league game. <laughs> so I, I actually, so um, with no real places for a lot of baseball tournaments to play. Uh, and for those who have listened to the show long enough, they know that I, I work in an independent league team and we've been renting out our ballpark for youth tournaments that are adhering all social distancing guidelines and mass gathering requirements. And there was a 14 and under 
baseball tournament that the semifinal game was decided in extra innings and they started every extra inning bases loaded one out oh to start the extra inning every single and and this is what ended up happening in the semifinal first guy comes up laces one up the middle base hit one run scores very next pitch is a line drive to the shortstop who's playing in a shift double play to end it and then in the bottom half of the inning wild pitch ties the game single wins it bases loaded one out to start the extra inning right from the bat I, i my first thought was like this is the weirdest thing ever and then the excitement level of watching it, even for 14-year-olds, was kind of like, could you imagine this in the major leagues? <laughs> that would be, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed that baseball didn't just come up with that. <laughs> because if you're going to start with a guy on second, why not start with a guy on first, second, and third? Because then right. at least defensively, you've got a force out at every position. Um, you've, you've created the, you know, the, I, the opportunity for big runs. You know, I, and it's, it's weird to see, um, that the stats count the same, you know, and I know that they've treated the guy on second, but um, the the pitcher still gets charged when they're earned run if that guy comes around. So it really kind of inflates those numbers. Um, but yeah, that would be interesting to just start with the bases, the bases juiced, you know, if the Cardinals would have Matt Carpenter up, they'd feel really good. You know, he just hit that grand slam against the Cubs and moved him to an right. even 500 on the year. He probably loves that idea more than anyone else in baseball. He says, yes, let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be interesting. And again, like I said, if, if, if all rules are off, if all bets are off, if all ties to tradition and the way things have been done are out the window for 2020, yeah, that would be, that'd be fascinating. I like that even better than starting with just a guy on third. So I'm going to amend my story and, and go with your, with your option there. <laughs> We appreciate that. One of the things, too, that it's kind of interesting when you look at this is because when I think of extra innings, I always equate it, and this is just me in general, you know, baseball and comparing it to every other sport, we talk about it with the NFL and their overtime rules and how dumb overtime is in, in the NFL for whatever reason. Yeah. And there's been – every now and then you get someone who will jokingly say, well, just start doing field goal kickoffs, you know, to, to win it and keep going further back. And, and whichever kicker misses, you just basically play horse with field goals. Why not do a home run derby starting in the 11th <laughs> inning? That would be interesting. Yeah. Because, um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's not that much different than a shootout that the NHL does during the regular season. Right. Um, you know, and I think we saw, especially at this year's home run derby, um, between you know Pete Alonso and Vlad Guerrero Jr. going crazy um, to in that final round, or really the whole way through, but especially in that final round, that would be a lot of fun. You know, maybe just like pick two guys, and you know they get five swings each, and um, so the team gets a total of ten, and see how it goes from there. Because it's not like every team doesn't have sluggers; every team has sluggers. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting because again. You know, if all, if all bets are off, why not do stuff that would be fun for yeah. again, just for 2020? Let's not let's not let's not go for, stuff yeah. up for the next year too. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Ryan Fagan, Sporting News here. Um, one of the things that you mentioned here is we'll just stay with the conversation about second base. Everybody gets to second base, um, and this idea. Yeah. And and now here's the thing: the idea is crazy. The reasoning behind it, I love because. One, again, a lot of these rules that Major League Baseball has thrown out there are to speed up the game. Well, one easy way to speed up the game, in my opinion, is have pitchers throw strikes. And so, yes. you know, this this idea that you came up with is kind of meant to force pitchers to throw strikes and stop, you know, dancing around the plate, essentially. Right, because if you're going to 
if you're going, if you've got like a three, one count with the guy that's, you know, with one out and there's a guy on second base, um, you don't want to come in with a strike there because you're afraid that he might get a hit and then the guy on second base is going to score in the 10th the inning. So you're trying to avoid that because if you just put a guy on first base, you know, it's not that, it's not that big of a deal. But if suddenly you walk a guy and the guy you walked goes to second base and the guy that's on second base goes to third base, that's a different animal. That's a completely different situation because then you, you no longer have the double play because I think that's a lot of times what, what a pitcher and a manager's philosophy is. Okay, well, let's put this guy in first base. We've got a ground ball pitcher, a ground ball reliever on the mound. Maybe we can get a double play ball and we'll get out of this. But if you take that double play out of the equation – and you've got a guy on second and a guy on third, and I think that, that adds to it too as well, you know. And, and, you know, part of the thing I talk about too, and there's there's one soapbox, soapbox issue that I love standing up on, um, and I probably work it into way too many columns and things that I talk about. Um, but I, I really think that baseball needs to get rid of the head hunting. You know, mm-hmm. pitchers throwing baseballs at batter's head. And I'm not, a, I'm not against – I'm very much – realize and appreciate and I don't want to say encourage but I certainly don't um, I'm not against pitchers throwing inside you know you have that's part of the game it's part of the dance pitchers have to feel like they can get the inside strike right so if you want to plunk a guy who's standing over the plate a little bit too much even if you're mad about something else and you want to send some sort of message I'm okay with that as long as you're throwing it you know at hips and lower you know just don't get it anywhere near um, the plate so let's say um, you throw at a guy at second base, or sorry, you throw a guy at a throw the ball at a guy's head, and you miss him. I still say, let's put him on second. You know, if the umpire deems it's intentional, if the umpire deems it's intentional enough that he would have thrown a guy out of the game, go right. ahead and give the batter second base. You know, I think if the goal is to get um, more more runs, more excitement, more of everything to end the game sooner. Let's, let's put everybody on second base for whatever reason, if we're magically dropping guys there to start an inning, why not give the guys who have at least earned a walk or whatnot? Why not put them on second base as well? I can't, and you know, it's, it's interesting. You bring up the, the head hunting thing and I can't necessarily disagree with you. You know, I mean, the, the, again, the premise behind it, it of, of forcing guys to throw strikes. I love because you're hundred percent right. What is almost every pitcher going to do if you're starting an inning with a runner on second? Give that intentional walk, or if you get to a 3-1 count, walk the guy to put the double play. Well, now the double play is not in order. Pitcher, you got to do your job and, and actually show up. So I, I can't be mad at the reasoning behind it. I think it's 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 logical and, and maybe the most logical out of these three things that are that are in there, which uh, <laughs> brings us to the to the third one, which is I mean I again we've even broadcasters have even said it during games that should count for more. Because of how right. far it hits, long home runs counting for basically creating a three point shot for home runs, and we've even talked about it in in basketball of like a four point shot because of how deep guys can shoot now and stuff like that. So um, the the premise behind the longer a home run gets hit, the more runs it counts for. Yeah, I, I love that idea. You know, I mean, I think that uh, again, I love that idea for twenty twenty. I feel like I have to paraphrase everything because I am more of a traditionalist, <laughs> right? Yeah. I like baseball kind of the way it is. I hated the. I hated the wild card when it was introduced way back in the day, and I have come around on that. I like the wild card. I even like the second wild card because I, I like the idea of, of keeping more fan bases interested. Um, eight per league is a little too much, but again, 2020, that's fine, whatever. Um, but for 2020, you know, I mean, if, we've, if you've got a guy who steps up to the plate and he crushes a fastball, hits it 475 feet, you know, 
the idea of that counting for more than one that goes 330 feet and barely sneaks over the, the wall right down the line, yeah, I'm okay with that, you know, because, I mean, how cool would it be to have bases loaded, your team's down by five, right? You hit a home run that's that you think could go whatever, and, and for the article, I arbitrarily picked 430 feet because there had been uh, an even 15% of the home runs this year had been 430 feet or more looking at StatCast data. And you want to make it possible, but not impossible. You want to make it part of the equation. So you hit this home run and you know it's at least four runs and then you're waiting for the StatCast data to drop and all of a sudden the scoreboard flashes 435 feet. Boom, it's another run. You have a tie game, um, a five-run home run. You can have a two-run solo shot. You know, <laughs> if we're trying to create excitement, you know, I mean, because if you think about it, you know, the, the three-point shot in basketball, it's the same concept. It's harder to do yeah. it, so let's make it worth more. You know, I think, don't, I think the Globetrotters have a, a four-point shot or a five-point shot. They so, have yeah. something like that. Um, you know, so if we're doing things for entertainment value, you know, purely for the 2020 season, I mean, why not? Why not make it more <laughs> valuable to have Aaron Judge up there mashing her? You know Nelson Cruz hitting hitting bombs. I think that that makes it interesting. Hundred percent, and and you know, it, 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 I think it'd be because again, I always watch that in the home run derby. Like uh, whoever it was, I think it was Stanton in Minnesota a few years ago was putting him in the third deck, and you're like, that should count for yeah. more than just one. Like that ball was absolutely smoked. Um, so it's just, and they do do that, right? If you hit a couple over a certain yeah. amount, you get an extra uh, extra. 20 seconds or whatever the time is. So, yeah, I mean, so it's really, it's, it's not like it's a completely foreign concept. Baseball already recognizes for that exhibition, you know, uh, entertainment thing. They, they already recognize the longer home run. Why not do it in the regular season for 2020? Why not? I can't be mad at that. We're talking with Ryan Fagan, Sporting News here, and as uh, as we do every week, we want to give our listeners and uh, ch- uh, fans a chance to ask some questions here um, on this topic, and we have had a couple on social media regarding crazy rules. First one is coming uh, from Shane uh, on uh, Facebook would like to know um, of the proposed rules for Major League Baseball from 2020. So I, we're talking, I believe, back in January or whatever this was before the COVID the universal DH batters have to face a minimum or pitchers have to face a minimum of three people uh, and, and whatnot. Which of the rules do you like and would like to actually see stick around in major league baseball? Some of the proposed rules they've had. Well, I, I touched on this a little bit, um, but I, I'm okay with the DH being in the national league. I think once you, once baseball went to perpetual um, interleague play, once the Astros moved from the national league to the, American League, you had 15 teams in each, and and there had to be at least one, or well, had to be one interleague series every every day. You know, th- at, at this point, you should be playing with the same rules. You know, it, it shouldn't be you have the DH in some ballparks and not some other ballparks. The American League teams build their offense around, you know, the DH position, whether it's because they have a big bopper or because they have. Um, the flexibility to rotate guys through that position, you know, and there are American league pitchers that, that haven't hit since high school. And all of a sudden they're supposed to go up there in nationally ballparks and face the best pitchers in, in, in the sport. You know, that seems a little crazy to me. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm quite honestly surprised it took this long. You know, the Astros have been in the AL for quite a while. I thought once mm-hmm. that happened that the DH would be right behind that. Um, you know, so I, that, that one, that one I'm definitely okay with sticking around. Yeah, I, I think it's been a long time coming for the Universal DH. I don't hate 
the the three batter minimum for pitchers. I th- I think pitchers should be required to get be able to get anybody out to have a job at a major league level. But I also you know stopped playing baseball a lot sooner than these guys did. So um, they're more talented <laughs> than I am by default. Um, <laughs> so uh, last one here is from Mike uh, is wondering about the courtesy runners that you see in like softball or in youth baseball for the pitcher or the catcher with two outs and getting a courtesy runner for them. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, I think with, when you talk about how much teams are putting into investing dollars wise and, and, and all these other ways into their pitchers, and then you see them get hurt at the plate, you know, Adam Wainwright a couple years ago, um, it was two years ago, lost most of his season because of yeah. an Achilles injury that happened at the plate. You know, you see pitchers who aren't normally running at, at you know, sprint speed, um, trying to do that going on the bases and they pull a hamstring or something like that. You know, that's fine. You know, I think there are a lot of pitchers that would still want to get out there and do it anyway. But if you want to kind of protect the investment, protect these guys, um, their future, you know, because if a guy gets, a big contract and you know i shouldn't say it's, it's not all about money because it's not all about the teams you know what i mean if a pitcher has worked his entire career to make a living off of his arm and then he gets hurt and misses time and let's say he does it the year that he would have been a free agent and then he loses the chance to strike and make the money that secures his family forever because he's running the bases you know that's that's fine you know i think if you have a couple of designated runners i mean it would I'd even be okay, and I hadn't really thought about this until now, so I'm kind of just thinking out loud, which is often a bad thing to do, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> it's part of the show, though. Um, if you want to even, yes, if you want to even create a, a roster position, and it's strictly as a runner, you know, and you bring um, world-class sprinters in, and you teach them solely the sport, the the skill of running the bases and rounding the bases, okay. You know, that's, that's interesting. You know, the A's, the A's back in the seventies tried to do that. Uh, Herm Washington, they brought him yeah. in as strictly a, a, a runner. Um, and that didn't quite catch on because roster spots are pretty valuable. And, you know, if you really can't hit and you can't do these other things um, that that's taking up space, but you know, if you create a, a roster spot just for a runner, I actually kind of like that. I think that could be, that could be fun because you could bring that person in anytime a pitcher gets on or really anytime you wanted to, let's say a catcher, I think you'd have to maybe designate a guy ahead of time. Um, but yeah, that, that'd be interesting. I think it could be a lot of fun there. So let me, let me ask you before I let you go here, uh, cause this just popped into my mind there. There's been so much conversation about, you know, the last week with unwritten rules in baseball, and this always pops up every single season, there's unwritten yep. rules and they get challenged and they get talked about. And the new guard seems to can't, you know, can't stand any of it, but there've also been, all these other rules that have been tinkered around and toyed with in high school, collegiate, and again, some independent ranks and minor league ranks. Of all these things that you've seen, least favorite, one that makes the least amount of sense, whether it's unwritten or actually a testing ground somewhere, which rules do you is, is like the one that's just like your, your biggest pet peeve, like the one that you just cannot stand and want to see completely eradicated from the game? Mm, that's a good question. I think <clears throat> for me, a lot of it is so many of the unwritten rules seem to be aimed at taking personality out of the game, um, whether it's 
bat flips and these types of things. And, you know, the old school gets mad. But, you know, the, the, the honest truth is if you go back and watch, you know, video from the, the 70s, the 60s, 70s, you know, as far back as it goes, you see guys watching home runs. You know, and I think it's been, um, it's been a part of the game for a long, long time. But it, it feels like so much of the anger is directed at young players who are enjoying the game. Right. And if you want to create young viewers who enjoy the game, you want young players who enjoy the game. And to to criticize a guy like Tatis for hitting the Grand Slam with a 3-0 count um, because it's not the way that certain managers were brought up. That, to me, just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, because, I mean, I've, I've loved baseball since I was a little kid. You know, and I want more people to love baseball. And I see the way that baseball kind of shoots itself in the foot a little bit by, you know, not promoting the sport because you're criticizing these young players who are exciting to watch and have the chance to bring in more fans. That that bothers me, you know, because I think that it really it really can be a great game. It can be an awesome game. And, you know, you can tweak with the rules and all these things we can talk about. You know, some of the rules we talked about today, obviously, never going to happen, and that's fine. Um, but I think that baseball just needs to lean into the enjoyment. And we see it, and baseball is trying. You know, I, I think that baseball's marketing efforts the last couple of years have been much better than they were five, ten years ago. Um, but I just, if we're talking about things that that annoy me, it's the unwritten rules that kind of are there and and the old school guard and you know not even just like age but just people have that old school baseball mentality using those things as a reason to criticize the young players in the game who are enjoying and loving the game you know that that doesn't sit very well with me yeah yeah i i, I can't disagree i think i think that's the biggest thing for me as well and um you know I, the one that i always go back to is because you talked about it, you watch guys back in the 80s, 70s, whatever it is, guys are watching home runs. Tom Lawless, to me, is the biggest example of it. Tom Lawless, game four of the 1987 (laughs) World Series. This guy has hit two home runs in his life, and he hits a home run that goes into the first row against Frank Viola, and he's carrying the bat the entire way to first base in the World Series. Like, you can't tell me that that's not, like, like that, that deserves being thrown at the very next pitch, if anything. I um yeah I, I grew up in St. Louis so I I know that Tom Lawless <laughs> story that bat flip very very well that was yeah because just the way he did it you know he walked down the first baseline carrying the bat and then flips it up like he's hit seven thousand home runs in his career and like yeah of course I did this you know but the thing is is that's I mean that's that's the that's the joy of baseball that's the beauty of the game is is enjoying those moments when you have it and I actually had a chance. Um, I'm sure you remember that the Jose Bautista bat flip, oh, yeah. uh, the Blue Jays versus the Rangers. After that bat flip, I got a hold of Tom Lawless and I asked him what he thought of that bat flip. And of course he, of course he loved it. Of course he loved it. He thought it was great because, you know, he, and he talked about, you know, you, you only get so many chances to do great things in baseball in those stages. And the joy of actually doing it is really something that, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I, you know, I've talked to players I've done. I talked to Lawless, other guys who have had bat flip moments like that. And they're not thinking about anything else except for the joy of succeeding in that moment. And, and yeah, that's something that I, 
I think should be I think should be celebrated uh, by by all of baseball, not just not just the younger generation. Hundred percent. He's Ryan Fagan, Sporting News. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan Fagan. We appreciate the time as always. We'll be uh, checking out some of your other stuff and uh, keeping in touch uh, for for future shows. Appreciate the time. Enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. That's Ryan Fagan, Sporting News again. Find him on Twitter at Ryan Fagan. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of a great way to get started with our uh, discussion about the unwritten rules. We're going to start a four part series on the unwritten rules of of baseball and um, we're going to hear from a pitcher we're going to hear from a manager we're going to hear from a a hitter and we're going to hear from um, a member of the media who's been covering for a long time who those guests are we don't 100% know just yet but uh, that Tom Lawless story is interesting too because um, my pitching coach for the team that I work for is Frank Viola who gave up that home run and in two years of knowing Frank I have yet to actually ask him about that maybe we'll get frank on to talk about the unwritten rules of baseball and and i might have to bring that up i'm a little bit nervous uh about doing that but excited about talking about the unwritten rules of baseball if you have questions if you have thoughts um ways that you want to hear the conversation framed let us know find us on twitter instagram and facebook caught listening by public house media or email the show caught listening phm at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, share us with your friends and family wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google Play, Spreaker.com, Stitcher.com, Spotify, and of course, you can find us on publichousemedia.org. Go and get yourself some awesome, great show gear and check out some of the other amazing shows as part of Public House Media. You can always find me on Twitter as well. Love interacting with you guys at Chris Heimel, C-H-R-I-S-H-E-I-M-A-L-L going to be a fun one over the next couple of weeks talking about the unwritten rules of baseball i can't wait to have you guys as a part of it until then you have been caught listening